and hello everybody welcome to tldr podcast it is episode 111 i am your host trayden um i never introduce myself when i host i don't know why i think that's kind of something that we should do um it seems kind of normal um but yes it is trayden i'm here with tyler james and alex once again um we are here for another uh another week a lot of stuff happening all across the sports world we got the uh, they got the MLB closing in on the uh, on the postseason. I know we're still a couple months, but nonetheless, uh, we are less than a month away from football season. James is like shaking over there, um, and then Alex is going to start talking to us about some basketball. Let's just start with Alex right now, introducing him. Alex, how have you been? How was your week? What's going on in your life? Uh, week's been good. Um, I got home last night at like. 10 ish we were up visiting ashley's family in sacramento um and her grandpa has a pool so we played a little pig diving board challenge uh you know it it went fine nobody hurt themselves so that feels like a win um you know some dunks happened the hoop broke a couple times but other than that it was a great time love that love that um that sounds like sounds like fun you got to cool off um tyler are you working weekends or, you know, or has that really, you know, kicked into gear yet? This past weekend was my last weekend free of, of uh, no weekends for a while. So starting this weekend, water polo is going to start double day. So I think my next day off is like August 28th or something like that. Uh, so we're getting the full thick of fall sports in college athletics. Uh, but that's okay because like, I think last year I didn't really know what to expect and how much, how shitty that was going to be. But this year I know it's going to be shitty. So my expectations are different. So I know what to expect. So, but, so it'll, it'll be good. But um, yeah, other than that, we're doing good, but definitely enjoyed the last weekend. Went, went and visited some family, Thousand Oaks, um, kind of spent it up there. So it was good. Love it. Uh, way to, way to end this, uh, the summer. Recalibrating our expectations always helps. And also having some context really helps. James, First of all, I'd love to see you do the thing that Alex did with the pig and the jumping and the and the diving board in the water. I think that'd be fantastic. I don't, um, swim, bro. I sink. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I saw you. I saw you. No. Um, how are you, man? I know you're. I know you. Just like the other ats um, in my life are, you know, starting ramping up their work. Are you? Are you? Are you starting to hit into missing your weekends now and? given up your entire life for the rest of the next five months eight well, months i mean the thing is the beauty about being community college at is that you don't work weekends if you don't have football so my weeks just suck i'm working like 12 hour day during the week that blows uh but other than that like my weekends are free and i love that this year is brutal though because i have a new co-worker and a student who's a first year so it's just like me training two people at once so it's more work for me right now than it is helpful but it is what it is <clears throat> hopefully i don't die well, well it, it you know it seems like the last couple uh couple semesters you were by yourself anyway so Ooh, it's gonna be marginally, <laughs> yeah shots fired uh at least it'll be marginally better for you but you know training is good experience for you and i hopefully that they they catch on quickly and you know you'll get some help um you know what james why don't you just take us away we're gonna talk about the nfc east um i presume i hope i i research right this time um and uh why don't you just take it away i like how you said this time like you messed it up that was me i was that was totally on me 100 nfc east this week guys um a few of our favorite teams i mean tyler it's a few of tyler's favorite teams he's a weirdo 
starting off with the New York football Giants last season, 4-13. and 13. They have a new coach in Brian Dable, who is an offensive coordinator for the Bills. Uh, this offseason, they gained guard Mark Glowinski from Indiana and quarterback Tyrod Taylor, but they lost Evan Ingram and Dustin, Austin Johnson, a defensive tackle. Over-under is set at 7.5. Tyler, over-under. I'm going to go under with the Giants. I think you're going to see minimal improvement from this team. Um, I got them at six wins. Uh, I just don't think they've done enough really to climb the ladder there. I, I, you know, improved, but not 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 more than uh, seven and a half. Alex. Yeah, I got them under. <clears throat> I got them at five wins. Um, that wide receiver core can't stay healthy. Saquon can't stay healthy. I mean, obviously, Daniel Jones is the GOAT, but other than that, they're going to be in some trouble. Actually, their defense shouldn't be too bad. So I think there'll be a lot of close games, but I just don't think they'll have the offensive firepower to like actually win games. And uh, Trey? Uh, for me, I have them at about six wins, so I'm under. Uh, look, uh, th- th- this team's this team's tough. I know that they they did improve the the offensive line, but they have and they don't have the, a terrible group of receivers. But the, the health is a concern with a lot of these guys. It seems like they're it seems like they're always injured, and that's a problem. Um, Daniel Jones to me is still you know is still trudging along but where is where is he is he the guy i don't know um and there's too many question marks for me to 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 put them at over six wins there has been a lot of uh talk recently about how bad this bills or this giants offense is like anemically bad that they're talking about gaining anybody at quarterback and it's like jimmy g could be there they're looking to trade anybody to get this offense started because right now it looks like crap moving on to fantasy quarterback daniel jones Quarterback number 27, pick number 169, a.k.a. undrafted. Tyler, you have to pick one, and this has to be a quarterback for the rest of the season. Would you rather have Daniel Jones or Jared Goff? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, I think definitely Jared Goff. I, that's, they're both not great options, but I think Goff's got a much better – I think he's probably got more confidence in Detroit than uh, – uh, Daniel Jones has in New York. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Jerry Goff on that one. Does it bother you at all? Does it change the fact, your opinion, if Daniel Jones rushes a lot? Because he does rush a lot. This offense is bad. He's going to have to rush. And Jared Goff rushes zero. He does. But I just I think that uh, Goff's got the better support system around him. And, this, you know, I think in fantasy points, that definitely boosts you a little bit. Okay. Running back Saquon Barkley, running back number 15, ADP 31. Trading, would you rather have Saquon Barkley, James Conner, or Cam Akers? All within two picks of each other. Uh, it, the, the, problem, the thing about Saquon is well, you, like, you don't know if you're going to get a, a guy that – I mean, he hasn't played a full season except once, and that, that's, that's, a, that's a worry. But when he does, he is so freaking good. Um, you know what? I, I, I'll only take I'll only say I'll take Saquon Barkley for a couple reasons. I know that the Giants improved their their offensive line, which should only help Saquon's perform, uh, performance. Hopefully, actually stay healthy. That is a huge that it is a risk, but it's a risk I'm, I'd maybe willing to take considering the production you get when he is healthy. Okay, Saquon it is. I like that pick. I would I'll, Saquon is my top ten for running backs. By the way, huge faith in this guy. And then last but not least, this Giants offense is terrible. So we're just gonna talk about three people. Wide receiver Kadarius Tony. Currently, he is nursing a hamstring injury. Who knows when he go back? A hamstring injury, a hamstring injury during camp is never good for anybody. But here it is. Wide receiver 41, ADP 113. Alex, last season he had a game where he had 189 receiving yards, which is the fourth or the seventh ever by a rookie receiver. But he ended up ended the season with zero touchdowns. How many touchdowns does he get this season? 
I mean, you would assume he would get more. I think he missed six or seven games, something like that last year. Assuming health, assuming this hamstring issue was not like something terrible. I mean, he's got to have more like four. Can't be like a ton, but like he could get three or four. Uh, that's a solid number, especially with Daniel Jones being a quarterback. That is a solid number. Moving on to Washington, the commanders, the Washington football team, commies, if you want to go that way. I don't know. Is that bad to say? It is what it is. Who cares? A bit. <laughs> uh, last season, seven and 10, they gained quarterback Carson Wentz, uh, left guard Andrew Norwell, and guard Trey Turner, but they lost Brandon Sheriff, Matt Ioannidis, and Landon Collins. Over under is once again set at 7.5. Alex, over under. I've got him over. Um, you know, if I, th- I think if that defense can stay healthy, that that can win them some games. I know Carson Wentz has had kind of an up and down career, um, but he's still probably better quarterback than what they've had the last like kind of two years, like or really like since post post Kirk Cousins. So I've got him over. I've got him at nine and eight. Oh, okay. Trading. Um, I have him. <laughs> I'll say I'll say over. I'll say I'll say they I'll say they they get eight, uh, eight and ten, um, which you know is I believe one better than their that playoff berth run where they went seven and nine. They still made the playoffs. Um, this team is first of all I'm never gonna call them the Commanders. They'll be the Washington Football Team for till the day I die, um, and that's fine. Um, huge problem with their name, but whatever. Um, <laughs> you, you do you are gonna have a little bit of help from Carson Wentz as much as we, you know, want to dog on him. He's kind of the best they've had in the last couple of years, uh, you know, as, as, uh, as Alex said. So you have to think that they're going to have a little bit better, um, a little bit better offense. I think that, I think their offensive core is a little bit underappreciated, but this team's in a t- tough, in a tough division, which may alone help them get a few more wins than, you know, six or five. And then Tyler. Yeah, under. Listen, like, I don't really have much faith that this Washington Commanders team is all that great. Um, you saw what they did last year, and I don't know. I don't know how much improvement they actually got. Everyone talks about Carson Wentz. We all know how much I don't like Carson Wentz, and that's probably a little bit of an emotional decision here for me going under, but I don't have any faith in the guy. There's a reason why he's been on three teams the last three years. He's not that great. He's okay at best. Um, I don't think he's going to give them the kind of boost that people are expecting them. I got them at five points. Oh, wow. Okay. Moving on to fantasy, we're going to talk about Carson Wentz. Tyler, I will not be asking you because emotional attachment, obviously. Quarterback number 24, ADP is 168, which is one better than Daniel Jones. Alex, last season he finished as quarterback 13. Does he deserve to be quarterback 24 right now? No. I mean, he should be better than that. I mean, you know, he he finished also, remember, with Jonathan Taylor having the season that he did. That means he had a – there's a little bit of us in the last week, but – you know, I, he should be in the top 20. Um, you know, I probably have him closer to like 15 or 16 or something, but 20, what did you say? It was like 24, 24 seems a little brutal. Running back Antonio Gibson, running back because it's 80 22 ADP is 59. Tyler, he finished his running back 10 last season. And I think you had him, right? Yes, you did. Uh, is running back 22 too low, too high, or just right? I think it's probably just right with the season. You know, I think he kind of had a – I think he's like – he didn't have as good of a season last year as a lot of people were expecting. I know that the most because he's on the fucking fans team. Uh, I think there's a lot of high expectations for this guy, and I think, you know, maybe he can be, but maybe he's one of these guys that I think, I think is overrated a little bit. 
Um, I think the league's starting to catch on to that. So I feel like he, like I said, he has the potential to be a top 20, top 15 running back. But um, yeah, I think, I think that's a pretty fair rating. And then uh, wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver, 16 ADP is 44. Traden McLaurin is an elite talent. We all know that this, this guy's amazing. And now he has Wentz throwing him the ball inside, instead of Taylor Heineke, 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 whatever his name is. With Wentz under center, what are your projections? In terms of yardage and touchdowns, yeah. I assume you're asking. Um, look, th- I think well, I think we could see this guy breach the the um, easily breach the 1100 yard mark again. He's done that once uh, back in 2020. I don't see him. I don't see any reason why he couldn't do that with Carson Wentz arm. He, Carson Wentz has an arm and he's he's solid. Um, so I, I think that that I think that he's only going to get a boot from having a, a a capable quarterback i should say in terms of touchdowns i'm gonna put him right at six it's kind of near his average um let's put him up let's put him there i, li- I like that projection great good job moving on to the philadelphia eagles tyler's favorite team if it's not the rams fly eagles fly eagles are gonna get shot down uh last season nine and eight they gained wide receiver aj brown from the titans linebacker Hassan reddick they also lost Tyler's friend, Alex Singleton, who went to Denver, which we talked about, and offensive guard, Brandon Brooks, who went to retirement. Over, under, is set at 9.5. Alex, what do you think? I have them half a game over. I think they're going to go get 10 wins this year. Um, you know, you would expect a little bit more growth out of Jalen Hurts. We've already talked about this with our quarterback rankings a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, obviously, now you get an elite playmaker in A.J. Brown. Got to get him at least one more win. I like that. Trade I have them at 10. Um, look, Jalen Hurts won nine last year, and the team improved year over year. Uh, they got they they drafted Jordan Davis, uh, Nicobe Dean. I mean, I know Hurts is not great. I, I I don't believe that he is the Mahomes that, uh, that our boy Tyler seems to believe. But he did win nine games, and he is in a shittier division. And all of these types of things compound. You got a better team. I think they're going to get 10 games. And then, Tyler, tell me about your team, man. Yeah, I agree with the other guys. Realistically, I think 10 wins is a, is a pretty good uh, range for them. I agree. I think that they improved. They had a lot of, obviously, big big playmakers on both sides of the ball. Uh, this is a big year for Jalen Hurts. I think this is the year that's going to make or break it for him in terms of him being the long-term solution there at QB. Um, if he kind of has it if the year again, I think the Eagles are going to move on. But if you, if you see him break out, and I think that A.J. Brown connection can, can work out, I think it's going to be some fun times in Philly ahead. So big year for Jalen Hurts, but I think definitely they're going to be a, a, a 10-win uh, club. I'm glad you like Jalen Hurts so much because we're going to talk about him first. Quarterback number five, ADP is 68. Tyler, last season, he had three over 3,000 yards passing, 16 passing touchdowns, but he also had almost 800 yards on the ground rushing and 10 rushing touchdowns. What are your projections from this year? And would you rather have him or Lamar Jackson? I would think based on what the Eagles have going into this season that the passing numbers are going to go up a little bit and the rushing numbers are going to come down a little bit. So I feel like the running game was really all out of whack last year. I feel like they've got that figured out a little bit better going into the year. Obviously injuries can, can play a factor. They've added some, obviously um, AJ Brown um, to that uh, piece there, but the Eagles are very high run, running offense. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I, I just feel like the, I think the passing is going to be a little bit more increased. It'll take a little bit away from the run. But um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll go 18 touchdowns um, throwing, and I'll go eight touchdowns rushing. 
yardage wise, I, I don't know. I'll say I'll be similar to both. Maybe a little bit increased uh, on the on the yards. I don't remember. I don't remember what you said. And the the the, the, the final question. I'll take Hurts over Jackson. Wow. Okay. Running back Miles Sanders. Running back twenty five. ADP is seventy nine. Alex. Last season he had one hundred sixty three touches. He had like one hundred forty rushes and twenty something receptions. Uh, but he didn't score one touchdown all season long. And he, he played a decent amount, right? 163 touches. How many games until he scores his first touchdown? And how many will you have on the year? I mean, again, just by like law of averages, you'd think he'd get at least a couple this year. I mean, I don't know if they just never used him on the goal line or if for whatever reason, the Eagles just were never on the goal line. And they just, that was just how their season worked. I don't fucking know. Um, nobody watches the Eagles. They're obviously a trash franchise. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He'll like, I don't know what game he's going to get the first one week eight. That's probably their buy. <laughs> 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 It'd be so funny if it was, I don't know. Um, I mean, three, if like, if they're not going to use him in the run game, like maybe that's just who he is and he won't, you know, he's not going to be that guy and they'll just use Jalen hurts as like their main running attack. So how many do you think you'll have on the season? Touchdown wise, five. Oh, okay, that's really low. All right, good. We got like, zero last year, bro. <laughs> I guess yeah, five is better than Infinitely zero. Infinitely better. And yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, the new wide receiver, AJ Brown, wide receiver fourteen, ADP is thirty nine. Traded in last year, he had six or eight hundred sixty nine yards and five touchdowns. Will he be better or worse than last year? Um, look, he he. <sighs> He had a down year last year. Um, that's that that that's for sure. So I have to think that new team. He's I think he's going to be a little bit more of a main guy um, at the at the uh, for the team. Granted, Jalen Hurts is a runner. I just think that AJ Brown is going to you know he, he's he's a nice talent, and I think he's going to be become more of a, a security blanket of sorts for Jalen Hurts. I only think I I have to think he's gonna he's gonna crack the thousand yard marker again. Um, we'll probably see you know, seven touchdowns wide receiver, Devonte Smith, wide receiver, 38 ADP is one Oh one Tyler. Would you have Devonte Smith or Alan Lazard from great green Bay four picks later? Uh, I'm going to go Devonte Smith on that one. Uh, just a gut reaction. No real logic there. Do you ever have logic? No, Nope. <laughs> and then tight end for the first time in the segment, Dallas Goddard tight end number eight ADP is 95. Alex, would you rather have Dallas Goddard or his former teammate, Zach Ertz from Arizona? Ooh, I think you would want to start with Zach Ertz while D-Hop is out and then potentially try to flip Ertz for Goddard after week seven. Dude, bro, bro is living like in your 7,000 over here. He's on it. Good job. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, America's favorite team, or as Trayden likes to call it, America's most hated team. Fun fact about this team, since the 1990s, the Jaguars have won more playoff games than the Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> and the Cowboys have five, and the Jaguars, I think, have seven. Oh, so, <laughs> last season, they went 12-5. and five. They gained linebacker Anthony Barr, and they lost a lot of people. Wide receiver Amari Cooper, wide receiver Cedric Willis, tackle Lyle Collins, guard Connor Williams, defensive end Randy Gregory, and kicker Greg the Leg. But given all those departures... Over under is set at 10.5. Trade and over under. I have to say over. Um, you know why? They have the they are tied for 31st in the easiest uh, fucking schedule in the in the NFL. Um, it helps when you're in such a shitty ass uh, division. 
it always seems to be the case for this Cowboys team. Um, and I think that alone is enough to, to, for me to say that they're going to be, that they're going to hit that 11 game. Um, you know, I haven't rate about 11 is just cracking the 10 and a half. Uh, just when, when you have such an easy schedule, you have Dak Prescott, who we know is a pretty solid, uh, you know, he's a, he's a pretty solid quarterback. Um, as much as I hate Zeke, you gotta say he's, he's going to be helpful. This team is going to get 11 wins. Tyler. Much that pains me to say is have to go over and actually going to give them 12 just because of their, the ease of their schedule is the only reason I kind of bumped them up one more. I probably would have had them at 11 as well, but I'm going to give them 12 because of their ease of schedule. And, you know, yeah, they, they, they did lose a lot of pieces, but I mean, I think this is still a very good football team. It really just, it just kind of matters what they're going to do the postseason. I feel like they're going to be a very good regular season uh, team. Um, I think they've proven that that, that, that Prescott is still their guy. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens come postseason, but uh, Cowboys with 12 wins. They'll probably right try to set the ball again and lose the football game again in the playoffs, but whatever. Hey, who cares? It worked out for me. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> I got them under. Um, I, oh, I think wow. they're going to take a step back. Um, you know, you lost a lot there. Michael Gallup has, is still coming back from his injury. So it's kind of C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz and then nobody else. Um, Zeke has been a shell of his former self for like four years now. I don't know why we're all trusting that Zeke's going to like be rookie year Zeke again. Um, it's he's Every year goes by, he gets older, guys. That's how it works. So I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I only have them. At, I have them at nine and eight. Went nine and eight. I still think they can be potentially fighting for a wild card spot, but um, I just think they're going to take a step back. So that would suggest that the Eagles are winning the division. That is what I have. Yes. Wow. Whoa. Which really fucking annoys me because Tyler has two teams, and that annoys me more than anything else in the history of the world. Thank you. I agree. One hundred percent. Pick one. We talked about that. We've talked about this like multiple times. Yeah. Because it makes me happy how much it pisses you guys off. You're an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> Terrible. He just likes pissing us off more than he likes the football. So that's <laughs> fine. Okay, whatever. Fantasy quarterback Dak Prescott, QB number nine, ADP seventy-seven. Trading Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, or Joe Burrow. Pick one to be your quarterback for the entire season. Oh boy. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with. Oh fuck, that's a tough one. Um, it's not Zeke. I'll tell you that. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry, not Z, I, I meant, uh, Prescott. It's, I, I would say, uh, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers only because, um, I'm sorry. I meant Joe Burrow. I, oh I, think, God, I, think, I think Joe Burrow is, yeah. <laughs> you know that Joe Burrow okay. is the guy I pick out of all three of them. God. Why? I just think that the offense is, is a dynamic offense. We saw what happens when you don't even have a good uh, offensive line and you still can put up those crazy numbers. Um, you have one of the best running backs. I'm sorry, wide receivers on your team. It's Joe Burrow for me. Okay. Uh, we're talking about Zeke next. I had a question for Alex, but Alex pretty much answered it. So now I'm going to redirect this question to Tyler. Zeke is going as running back 17. His ADP is 43. Why do you, why is there so much hate for Zeke? I mean, like Alex said, I think he's been a guy that's been probably overhyped for a long time. And he just has not been. I mean, you talk about like for as much attention as he gets, his production in the field does not match that. And so I think that's why a lot of people hate on him. I think I think that's why a lot of people hate on any player that has that kind of that kind of uh, uh, situation where they're overhyped. They got all these all attention, but they're just on the field. They're just kind of in. You know, like I said, maybe had one or two good seasons, and since then, just hasn't been the same guy. 
Um, so I think that's kind of what it is. And there's who knows why that is. I mean, there's there's several reasons why that could be, but the the, the fact of the matter is everyone hypes him up and he just never lives to it. So that's that's all what it is. We're gonna talk about the other running back, uh Tony Pollard, running back 31, ADP is 103. Alex, he's going right around AJ Dillon and Ramondre Stevenson. Out of all the handcuffs, is he the best one? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, both those, you know, in Green Bay, you don't really know what you're gonna get out of Aaron Jones right now. Um, you know, AJ Dillon's a monster, but I think Tony Tony Pollard has the potential to end up being a complete steal, especially if Zeke gets hurt, which he's not been known to do. Um, or they're just like Tony Pollard's a better running back at this point in his career. It doesn't I mean Zeke's gonna play because he has that giant contract, but um, I think Tony Pollard is an easy answer there. Yeah. And then moving on to uh, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver seven, ADP is 17. Alex, going right back to you. You talked about how C.D. is pretty much the only person there. Would you rather have C.D. or Tyreek Hill? Oh, I still think you have to go with Tyreek there. Um, I mean, I obviously trust Dak Prescott a lot more than I trust Tua at this point. Um, But Tyreek's done it. Um, There's no reason to really see why he can't do it. And we've kind of talked about C.D. Lamb before where you know, we're sort of like in a Jerry Judy situation where like, we really want to see him blossom and it kind of hasn't happened yet. Well, it's, it's now there's nobody else there other than Dalton Schultz. Um, you know, Mark Cooper's gone. There's no, no one else kind of in the wide receiver room or at least taking uh, targets from him. So um, I, you know, I think you have to go, I, I don't know, CD lamb, I'm a little worried about. Okay. And then last but not least tight end Dalton Schultz, tight end number six, ADP is 65. Got to bring it to our tight end guy trading over here for this last question because it's a tight end. Finished a tight end number three last season. Can he finish as a top five tight end this season? What are your projections? And keep in mind last season, he had 808 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, you know, that, that's a, that's a pretty incredible, uh, that's, that's a pretty incredible season he put together last last season. And when you look at how much Zeke regressed, you can kind of see, that he kind of filled the shoes. Um, he's becoming a bigger part of the offense. I'm going to say he gets another 750 yards, and I have to think he's going to get another eight touchdowns. I think he's just a big part of that that red line offense. It's, it's clear, and that's going to continue. There's no one else besides, as, as we mentioned, Michael Gallup, who's still, Alex, I believe you said, is still um, nursing off or coming off an injury. Um, I don't trust Zeke as far as I can throw him, which isn't far because he's fucking huge. Um, and so that just leaves, um, Dalton Schultz, who's going to get all the titties. Uh, is he going to finish the top five tight end? Yes. Okay. That wraps up the segment. Thank you guys. Thank you very much, James. Sorry. I fucked up my question earlier. (laughs) It happens when, when we're talking about America's most hated team. It's like when I talk about the Maple Leafs, I just can't think straight. Um, but here we are. We're done. Um, I appreciate it. When we come back, we're going to talk MLB, and I know that we have some juicy stuff to talk about. I know that I'm going to be going off, so I'm very excited for that. Um, Tyler, I think you you did that on purpose, which is good. Um, So we'll talk about that when we get back. And we're back. We are just... How many months, two months, month and a half away from uh, from postseason baseball, Tyler? Um, I know that it's, you know, things are getting, things are heating up. I know that we had one of the craziest stories, um, probably hit the MLB thus far. Uh, 
right after another crazy, crazy positive thing that happened for us for the said team. We're going to talk about among other fantastic things to talk about. Tyler, take it away, buddy. Yeah, about a month and a half left for the regular season. Uh, so, but yeah, so biggest story in baseball, no doubt, if you haven't already, if you're, if you're living under a rock, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. got suspended 80 games for testing positive for performance enhancing drugs, which means he's going to miss the remainder of this season. He's going to miss any playoff games the Padres play this year and potentially up to about a month next season, kind of depending on how the math works out there. Uh, so we thought for a longer time, this was on, he was on the horizon of coming back from his wrist injury. Uh, he was about to start, uh, rehab games. Uh, so he was probably a week or two from returning, uh, which is a huge blow to the San Diego Padres that after they traded for Juan Soto, they were on top of the world. They decided to get that Soto Tatis Machado, uh, uh, triad there to try and compete with, with the Dodgers and, and their big three. And now that's just not going to happen this season. Uh, so we tested positive for uh, an anabol- anabolic steroid. Uh, that was what he claimed to be the medication he was using, using to treat ringworm. Um, that's his story. Um, I actually do believe that's what is what happened. Um, but obviously, at the end of the day, he, he took a medication that was banned from MLB. Um, and, he, and he tested positive for that drug. So... There's a lot of different opinions and a lot of different things that kind of stem from this. Um, Alex, I'm going to start with you. Um, just obviously the thoughts on this one. And, you know, a lot of people, including the Padres GM, have come out and questioned uh, Fernando Tatis' maturity because he injured his wrist in a motorcycle accident in the offseason, which has delayed his uh, – he hasn't been played all year because of that. And now he has this issue, um, which, again, I don't think anyone here is thinking that – took these steroids to get stronger and really enhance his performance. But nonetheless, it was kind of a dumb move on his end to be taking any kind of medication that was banned uh, through, through the Major League Baseball. So kind of what are your thoughts on his maturity and kind of moving forward with this team? Uh, okay, so first things first, I firmly believe he's lying about the ringworm thing. Um, the drug he claims, it, whatever, whatever he said – it's a different drug. So like one of them is spelled one way and one of them has an extra A in it. They're like two separate drugs. So there he's definitely lying. Um, what I personally think happened is, and even the Padres like GM or training staff, or whoever it is said this, like he's been a, he's a slow healer. Like the original timeline when he broke his wrist riding dirt bikes in the DR, whatever he was doing was three to four months or something. Five months later, it wasn't happening. And then at some point he comes in and says, oh, I've gained 10 pounds of muscle, but while also having a broken wrist, which seems like decently hard to do um, without taking a steroid. So I firmly believe he's just been taking them to try to, I don't know if it's about to get stronger, but to at least potentially help the healing process. Um, As for his maturity level, I mean, like zero. I mean, coming from someone who's almost 30 and not that mature, like if I was just given a 13 year contract and 300 and whatever million dollars, I would not be riding dirt bikes in the DR and then, you know, tripping over soccer balls in the outfield and falling on said wrist that was broken. And, you know, you know, and I guess at the minimum, like, why are you taking any drug without doing it through your team 
and like through the medical staff with your team. So like, that's, that's the worst part, at least in my, or kind of one of the worst parts, like, um, yeah, obviously the GM and the owners have kind of said like, yeah, we need you to step up, you know, Clevenger, Machado, Soto, Musgrove, like the leaders of this team have pretty much said like, yeah, we, you know, expected better of them. But if you're the Padres, I think you just have to go like, well, fuck that guy. Like he hasn't been here all year. We're trying to win a world series. We're still a very good team. Just, I don't know. It's pretty, it's also just messed up that like, uh, he was rehabbing. He'd already known this had happened. He didn't like call AJ Preller. He didn't call Bob Melvin. He didn't like talk to his teammates. He just like ghosted them. Um, he's got some growing up to do. I mean, uh, Tyler, I knew you when you were 23, you were an idiot. Uh, still, I mean, you still kind of are, but, um, it's just, it's pretty disappointing. Um, hopefully, It'll be a learning experience for him, but he's going to have a lot of questions to answer when he does come back. For sure. I mean, definitely, you know, we're starting as kind of what the GM said, like one mistake is, is one thing, but now kind of seeing this pattern of these mistakes, I mean, there's certainly a kind of a red flag for the Padres, uh, but trading kind of a lot of people on Fernando Tatis's court are blaming MLB actually for having too strict of policies in place and for something like this, Maybe MLB should think about loosening their policy. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, um, what? I mean, I mean, it, what is this? His father saying that? What is this? His girlfriend? What is this? Some chicky? F- I'm not going to say that. Look, <laughs> no, no. The, the 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 rules are pretty black and white. It is what it is. This is a guy that's been, and Alex. I don't mean to. Uh, I don't mean to upstage you. He actually signed a 14 year contract for 340 million one extra year meaning you're that you're that much more coveted to this team you are a big part of the san diego padres you are a big part of baseball and you're an absolute knucklehead i don't care how old you are you're 23 years old i don't really give a shit we've seen we've seen young young people all over all over sports all over life you know have just live much humbler lives um and 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 get and give everything they can to the to to what they do and in return hopefully you can get that back from the mlb and fernando tatis and the san diego padres seem to have given him everything i mean he gets he gets talked about every you know all the time he gets he gets marketed he's a big part of he's a big part of um of of the uh, san diego padres and he has absolutely pissed it away and unfortunately once again we see that talent is that's not that's not everything and unfortunately, the uh, the San Diego Padres are are, su- are stuck with a guy who is so involved with himself that he can't just actually be an actual teammate and actual a- actually be a guy who is worth three hundred forty million. Now they're sitting. I don't believe they get they have to pay him, which is fantastic because I believe he's suspended, so he does not deserve a fucking cent. The piece of shit. I I actually fucking hate him. It's actually, it's actually pretty, it, it, and this is, this is, for, this is two years ago when, you know, I was talking about how electric he was. I even mis, misspoke, uh, mispronounced his name and it became a huge meme on this podcast. I fucking hate this guy. I think he's an absolute piece of shit that deserves to not play another game of fucking baseball for as long as, for as long as I live. Why? I don't care if he can hit bombs. I don't care if he can do this. I don't care if he can do that. Give that 340 million to a guy who's working his ass off in the triple a in the double a um, who's, who's, who's up and coming and, you know, who might be drafted in college, who actually has a little bit of, of, uh, of humbleness to, to his game. He may not have the, he may not have the absolute, um, uh, you know, talent that this guy does, but at the end of the day, 
this guy is doing nothing for his team if he if he's breaking his arm uh riding motorcycles or or taking drugs that he says are, are for something different when it's a completely different fucking drug you fucking moron i'm pretty sure he googled the, the name it came up with something different he's like let's just fucking use that and and everyone will uh and everyone will get off my back what a fucking idiot he's a fucking idiot too he's so dumb he he uh i i i, I am so disappointed in what he has done to someone who i actually was you know, I, I was following him. I was, I was, I was excited because he's a guy that he's a guy that kind of did things differently. I, I believe, you know, we talked about the unwritten rules like two years ago where he, you know, did whatever he did. And I loved it. I, be, I believe you should be able to, to, um, to kind of express yourself in some ways, but when you do things like this and you're given, and you're given the keys to a city to keys to a team to, and you're, and you're a, a, a key to this team and you just completely pissed it away. You don't deserve you deserve to be cut. You deserve to be, you, you don't deserve to have a place in a game that is sacred to a lot of people and, 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 you know, sacred to a lot of guys that are just trying to find a way to, to earn a fraction of that, of that contract that he has. So fuck you, Fernando Tatis. Wow. You have a breather from that one. Thank you, Trayden, for the, for the uh, candid response. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that feel the same way. I, I can imagine being a Padres fan and being pretty pissed off. Um, you see the guy that that took that took his Tatis uh, jersey, taped over the, the Tatis Jr. and put Soto on it, and they're really close in number, so you know we probably can get away with it. There, people are pissed, man. People yeah. are fucking pissed. I mean, I think you get a guy like Juan Soto who you know so far has done everything the right way, and you get you know I think he might be the new face of that franchise moving forward, but. Uh, James, kind of your thoughts. A, do you, I want to, I want to know if you believe the uh, ringworm story that he was using that medication to treat something like that. And B, where do you see Tatis' future and the Padres moving towards? I mean, Alex said it outright, and tra- everybody said it. No, it's a bullshit story. Um, there's no other way to sugarcoat it. Like, dude, you just lied and you're dumb about it. If you're gonna lie, at least don't get caught. You got caught, bro, on Twitter. That's not good. Don't post something on Twitter because you know some scumbag is going to be out there just sitting on the computer like, oh, my God, that is not right at all. That's exactly what they do. So don't, 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 don't do that shit on Twitter. You could probably say it in like an interview and say it really fast. Maybe nobody will know. But on Twitter, that ain't, that ain't fine. Uh, where does he end up? The thing is, he's still a very talented baseball player. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's very good at what he does, and he has talent that – not many other people have. That being said, he's probably going to be continuing playing baseball. I don't know if it's going to be with the Padres, but it's going to be playing somewhere. And he's going to do good. And that is what it is. His legacy will be tarnished, though. Like, people aren't going to like this guy. And nobody's going to really consider him a Hall of Famer. Like, if his stats end up being what they are, like Hall of Fame level, he's going to have some trouble getting in there just because people won't like him that much. It's kind of like the um, – there's a lot of people and the MLB who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame based off their numbers, but not a lot of people like him and is what it is. So he may not have a Hall of Fame career at the end of the day, at the end of the, his career, uh, but his numbers will look good. And that's, that's, that's going to be it, man. Like his legacy is not tarnished for the rest of his career because of this and what's happened over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, it's sad. You know, it's bad for baseball. I think everyone who is a baseball fan is looking forward to his return. Um, and to kind of see what the Padres can do, um, you know, and it's, it's just unfortunate. Um, 
it doesn't really seem like it's going in a good direction for sure. I mean, it's just everything is clear. He's been kind of a shooting star where it's been so bright and so great, but then it just has seemed to fizzle out. And kind of at this point, the return of him just seems so far off the distance. You don't really know what's going to be. It is going to be the same for, for I know Tatis that, that we saw before. It's going to be a really interesting thing to see. And I mean, damn, it, 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 it's just sad. It's uh, sad for the game of baseball. Um, and that's unfortunate. Um, so sorry, sorry for now, Tatis and, and baseball fans. It's just, it's just a major bummer, I think. Um, but let's move on just to some, uh, some more interesting things on the field. Um, I want to point out a couple of players who are in pursuit of some home run records. Um, the first guy I'm going to talk about, Aaron Judge. He's going off a tear all, all season long. He's having one of the all-time great home run hitting seasons that we've seen. Uh, he currently sits going into today at 46 home runs. Uh, as of today, he's on track for 63, which would break the Yankees record. Uh, the, the, the Yankees record is 61. That is set by Roger Maris. Uh, of course, the MLB record 73. <clears throat> I don't think that's ever going to be, be broken. You know, speaking of uh, PEDs and steroids, you know, Barry Bonds, all that, all that good stuff. Um, there was at one point Aaron Judge was flirting with being on pace with 70, but it kind of looks like that's probably not going to happen. Uh, but 60 is kind of a really big number. Only six players have ever hit 60 uh, in the history of, of Major League Baseball. Um, so that's so that's uh, guy number one. Guy number two I want to talk about is Albert Rubles. As he announced, this is his final year, uh, kind of kind of his, uh, his uh, going away season. He hit home run number 689 on Sunday, which puts him 11 away from 700, which is a really big milestone. He would join Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Barry Bonds as the only other players in history who have hit 700. Uh, so two very interesting stories to watch, uh, but just two questions that I'm going to pose to everybody here. Uh, which would you rather see if you had to pick one? And then which do you think is more realistic of actually happening? Uh, so James, I'm going to kick it off with you. I would rather like to see Pujols hitting 700. That's a huge milestone. I mean, Pujols doing what he's doing for as long as he's doing is amazing. Honestly, like longevity is hard to do in baseball, considering the amount of games he played and to hit how many home runs that he did. That's, that's incredible. What's more likely, though, is going to be Aaron Judge. Like he needs 14. Pujols needs 11. Pujols plays in a little over half of the amount of games that the Cardinals have, while Judge plays the majority of them. And that, that more opportunities to hit the home run gives you a better opportunity to, break, to hit a record, to get 60. It's a, I mean, Pujols has hit 10 on the season, and he needs to double that and then get one more while playing half the games. It's, it's simply, it's not going to equate, man. I'd love to see Pujols hit 700, but it, it, his chances of, of getting that are less than the Angels making the playoffs, honestly. So Judge is way, way more likely. All right, Alex, kind of same question. And if, if Pujols, for whatever reason, goes on a tear, let's say he gets within six home runs with like three weeks left, do you see the Cardinals just do just DH every day? Go for it. Um, no, because they're unfortunately <clears throat> they're in uh, a kind of a um, precarious spot in the playoff race. I mean, I think they're only two up on the Brewers. Um, it kind of feels like right now that whichever one of the Brewers, the Cardinals don't win the Central, are potentially missing the playoffs. So, like, 
unless they face only left-handed pitching literally the entire way, because Pujols can still mash lefties. Like there's no doubt about that, but against righties, it's not happening. He can't play the field. So um, I, to answer the first question, James is right. I think Aaron judge potentially hitting 60 is um, more likely. I did the math earlier. He's got to hit roughly a homer every like 2.5 games, two and a half games to get to, to get to 62. So specifically I want to see 62 because the only people to hit more than that are all linked to steroids. So bonds, Sosa and McGuire, it would break the AL record either way by breaking Roger Maris. So like, it would be cool to be like, look, it steroid error was part of baseball, but Aaron judge hit 62. That's the AL record. That's legit. I hope that happens. I don't know if it will just on how the Yankees are playing. I don't know why anybody would throw to Aaron judge right now when the rest of that lineup's not doing shit. So like, unfortunately the way the baseball works, he might not get there. Um, as for Pujols, I am asking you right now, Albert, I'm sure you listen to this. If you don't get there, come back next year, buddy, do one more. You are easily the best right-handed hitter that I've ever seen play personally. And I would say top three all time right-handed hitters behind Willie Mays and Henry Aaron, which are like two all-time legends. So Pujols, I would love to see you get 700, buddy. Um, I'm glad you hit like 10 in the Dodgers uniform, which is obviously what you'll be remembered for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trading. Uh, so I think Aaron Judge, you know, breaking that Yankees record is kind of a bigger deal, I hope, than a lot of people realize. As, as you know, Babe Ruth, obviously, he hit a lot of home runs with that team, but he actually doesn't hold the Yankees record. Roger Maris with some. If you're, you know, anti-steroid air guy, as I was kind of uh, mentioned, a lot of people believe is the legitimate record at 61. So I think, you know, Aaron Judge getting 62 could be a bigger story, but kind of, so let's, let, let's say, you know, both of these happen, which one do you think is, is a bigger deal? Uh, I, I, I'm going to have to say, I mean, I, I think the 700 would be a, a, an amazing deal uh, only because that's a huge milestone for a guy who's done it all the, the, you know all these years and he'd have to, go at the craziest pace ever <laughs> that would be just absolutely historic but in terms but 700s i i you know i don't i, I believe that 700's been um been achieved by a few and what judge is trying to do and i'm you know i'm going to going toward uh towards what alex had mentioned you know to take out the ped people um he, he's she's trying to do something that's never happened before and and breaking that 61 home run in a single season by a guy who is not you know juiced up i i think is something beyond what we you know what we um what we realize that I, I mean that's pretty incredible i think that that's absolutely incredible um i do appreciate the fact that he does play at yankee stadium which historically is uh, a bit easier to hit in um however no one ever has done it since uh roger morris i mean they have all this opportunity to do it why i mean you have to give props to where to 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 where it's due and you know for him to do that i think i think he would cement i think it would cement just an amazing achievement um there's so many so many um records that he would be he would be on pace for so um i'm gonna have to say the uh the aaron judge 60 i'm gonna say 62 just like uh, uh, alex said cool. screw the 60s i think i think he can do that 
I think, I think it's 62 that the, I think that they set the over and under at 61 and a half. So there you go. Um, and I'm going to bet the 62. Nice. Yeah. I, as much as I would love to see pool holes get that 700 mark, I really want to see it. I just don't think it's going to happen as kind of all the reasons that you guys said. Aaron Judge one is the one I think I'm more intrigued in watching because I think it's more realistic. And I do agree that I think setting that Yankees mark at, at 62 and what some may be considered the more legit uh, MLB record, I think is definitely more interesting to watch coming down the stretch. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll, but we'll definitely be keeping an, an eye on that one. Uh, moving on to my final uh, uh, oh damn moment here. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies have really turned their season around uh, ever since they fired their manager, uh, Joe Girardi. Uh, when they act, you know, the under Joe Girardi, they were 22 and 29. Uh, they had a, a minus one, one differential. The Phillies really the last two or three seasons have come in with the expectation of being a playoff team. They have not made the playoffs. And I believe it's 11 years. This is the last time that, that they made the postseason. Um, they've had all this talent. They've been, they've been spending a lot of money on, on, on players. It seems like a team that's on the rise and they just haven't gotten there. They, they, they fired Joe Girardi on, on, on June 2nd. Since then, under their new manager, Rob, Rob Thompson, they've gone 42-22 and 22 with a plus-69 run differential. They currently sit in the second wildcard spot uh, in, a, in a really close race with, with kind of them, San Diego, and Milwaukee slash St. Louis kind of there in, the, in that uh, bottom realm of the National League uh, postseason spots. Um, but we see it all the time that sometimes when teams get hot at the right time, you know, kind of go through some uh, controversy with losing a manager. They enter the postseason, even as a wildcard team. I can't tell you how many times in baseball we've seen that, and those teams go on a run. Um, do the Phillies, are the Phillies a little bit underrated in terms of NL contenders? Do you see this team going on a run and really being a true contender? Uh, Alex, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think they're, a, I don't know if you could say like a lock to make the playoffs because things could fall apart pretty quick, but. I think they've got their best shot in making the playoffs in over a decade. Um, and just a reminder, they're doing this without Bryce Harper, who won the NL MVP last year, um, who was, you know, having another great year. He should be back in September, hopefully for them. Um, you know, the Phillies are one of those like historic franchises and it's kind of better when they make the playoffs sometimes. But I mean, look like the top three, I guess you would call them of like Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and I guess, Kyle Gibson, unless I'm forgetting somebody else. Like that's Thor. a pretty good what? Thor. Uh, that's not a top three. Uh, <laughs> he would be nasty as a one inning, one or two inning guy in the in the postseason, though. I can tell you that. Just let him unleash. But um I mean, I, I don't I still don't think they're in the upper echelon. Um, I feel like you know, we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago, but sort of feels like Dodgers Mets in one tier, Braves. Phillies, I mean, Braves, uh, Padres, maybe like Cardinals and another. Um, and the Phillies kind of feel like, yeah, we're here. Um, they could definitely mash their way into a play deep playoff run, but um, I'm just I'm not sure they're as complete of a team as some of these other NL juggernauts, but crazier things have happened. James, do you agree or disagree? Yankee or the uh, Phillies being a little bit underrated? Uh, well, I, I don't know if I'd say underrated or overrated. Because coming into the season, especially after the first couple of weeks, you didn't expect them to do much. And so from that aspect, they're underrated. But then what they are now, like what Alex is saying, they're kind of a wildcard team. They're kind of destined to be a wildcard team and stay there. I think they're rated perfectly there. They're not going to do they, – they'll get to the wildcard game and then do nothing. 
Like they'll play that wild card and then that's it. That's the end of their season. Um, they don't have the depth or the talent that the other NL juggernauts have. Like, again, what Alex said verbatim is 100% correct. And I may disagree with him saying, because I want Thor to be a top three, but he's not. But at the, at the end of the day, like they made some great acquisitions at the trade deadline to help their team make it to the wild card. But they're not going to go past the wild card. They don't have that yet. Will they have it next season? I Probably not. It really depends on how the manager research goes and who they're going to end up getting. Uh, but they're a wildcard team. They're going to stay a wildcard team. They're not going to be, be better than a wildcard team. And that's going to be the end of the road for the Philadelphia Phillies. All right. Uh, Trading, since you're the host of it the most, I'm going to ask this last question. It's going to be a tough one just because I want to see how you can think on your feet here. How far do the Phillies go this season? Simple question. Um, yeah, they're going to make it to the wildcard and be dead um, right there. Um, and the re- look – I, I think it's amazing that, you know, they, they, they're one of the few that fired their managers and then we kind of see what, what, what kind of unfolds and they actually have seen some, some decent improvement. I mean, I, I you know, we can't, we, we can't uh, deny that um, defensive efficiencies up they're they're closing out games, you know, they're getting to be a better team. However, 57% of the games that they've won since they fired their GM were against the angels, Cubs, diamondbacks, Marlins, nationals, pirates, Rangers. Those are, bad teams shit fucking teams um granted they are 15 and 12 against all those other teams so that you know that's the that's your dodgers your uh, the mets cardinals braves those those are the teams that they're trying to catch so that's pretty decent so this is a, they're basically doing exactly what they need to do to get in the postseason they're beating up on shit teams and they are holding their own against the the, the juggernauts and that is what's going to get them into the uh into the postseason they are they and they need that. They need that experience to get in. They are going to die in the wild card. They are dead, ded dead. However, they're going to gain some experience. They're going to be able to use that next season, and we might see uh, an improved uh, Phillies team that actually might have a chance to to build from that and contend next season. They are done in the wild card, though. All right, I'm actually going to go against the podcast a little bit here. I think they are a little bit underrated. This team kind of scares me a little bit. Um, I think that they've got something. I think they've got a little bit, like I said, I think something about teams that go through controversy during, during the middle of the season and really come together and can and overcome that, that says a lot about a team. Um, and I think that, I think the Phillies have really proven that. Um, and, and as Alex said, they don't have Bryce Harper right now. You know, he is the MVP from, he's, he's the reigning MVP. That that is that is a big bat that, you, that they're gonna eventually add. I think the pitching is pretty good. I think they've actually had a decent back end of the bullpen, which they haven't had in recent years. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty solid team, and I'm not saying they're gonna make it to the World Series and, and and win a championship, but I think that they can win a playoff series. I think that they can get past that first round, and I think they're gonna surprise some people come um, come come the postseason. So uh, I'm gonna go against the podcast in this one. So watch out for those fighting pills. I think that I think that they can make some noise down the stretch here. Uh, but that's all I got for baseball this week. So, uh, like I said, it, it's going to get really interesting. Uh, playoff races are are tight. They're fun to watch. So uh, this is a fun time of year to be in baseball. Yes, it is very fun. Um, the the run up to the playoffs for any sport is really fun. And it, this one's just turning out to be another crazy run. Thank you very much, Tyler. Um, we will be keeping an eye on that and we'll be keeping on the Phillies because Tyler thinks they're going to win the World Series. Um, so uh, when we... <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when we come back, we're gonna uh, we're gonna end the podcast with some basketball talk. 
Um, Alice is going to start his um, season previews now. Um, it's good because it gives both of us some time to, uh, to, to get both of our sports kind of ramped up. Um, our two sports are still um, yet to, to start, but here we go. We're going to start the previews when we come back. And we're back. Alex is going to kick off the 2022-2023 NBA season with his season previews. We are talking about the dumpster fires in the East last year. Are they going to be dumpster fires again, Alex? Uh, That's what we're hopefully going to figure out today. Yeah, so um, we're going to do five teams at a time. Um, There's 15 in each each conference, so we're just going to split that up into three. Um, And then that should be roughly good enough when we get to when the season starts. We'll probably have another like kind of preview uh, proje- uh, projections, predictions, whatever you want to call it, as we get a little bit closer. Um, we're roughly two months out. Um, the NBA season starts about mid-October. Um, but we are starting in the East. Uh, I don't know why. It was probably just because when I opened the NBA app, the East was the one on the top. So I was like, fuck it, we're starting with that side. Um, it does also help that I guess the number one pick went to the Orlando Magic, who are the team we're going to start with first. They finished a beautiful 22 and 60 last year. So in uh, our Paolo Benchero and Caleb Hustain, uh, Paolo was 1-1. Caleb was in the second round. The really only like kind of loss they had was Robin Lopez, who went to Cleveland. Um, I'm just going to throw this one out to the boys. If anyone wants to talk about the magic, you just step it up. But the young core does look promising it's looking like the magic kind of coming around Paolo Markel Fultz who was the one one pick a couple years back Franz Wagner Cole Anthony Jalen Suggs coming out of Gonzaga you know I guess like can they get out of the basement of the east um you know I don't really think any of us expect them to be like a playoff team or anything like that but can we at least are we at least going to start seeing some growth are you excited about this core um you know whichever one you want to talk about it go ahead uh they're still going to be the worst team in the East. This is a great core. They have a lot of great players. Paulo just absolutely dominated summer league. I don't know if y'all watched that, but he he's amazing. He's really good at what he does. He deserves a one-one spot. Uh, but then he gets bullied by Dejounte Murray in a Drew League game. So that was weird. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you still got Jalen Suggs, who had an eh year, didn't live up to the hype of being the first round pick that he was. Cole Anthony shined. Uh, Markel Fultz, the shot's still broken, and Wagner's decent. So you have good pieces there, but they're not going to be enough to do much. They're still going to need to gel, and they're playing the NBA game with 23-year-olds now, probably, playing its grown-ass men. And at 23, we all learned that Tyler was very immature. So at 23, can these guys be mature? Probably not. They'll be better. They'll win 25 games instead of 22, but they're still going to suck. That was actually the follow-up question, so I'm glad you just answered that without me having to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, Markel Fultz seemed to at least kind of take a step up. Probably the, the pressure of Philly is a lot different than pressure in Orlando. Um, and he had – he was – no, yeah, his shot is still an issue, but his playmaking is there. Um, I, he had a knee injury or something last year, so he's coming back from that. See what Paolo can do – Can you know, what he can do. Generally, 1-1 picks – are really good. I mean, they don't come into the league and storm the league like LeBron would or something, but hopefully, yeah, I'd say 25 wins. You know, I think a a really successful season would be 
pushing like 28 wins is if you're an Orlando, Ma- Orlando magic fan, you want to see it going in the right direction. Um, you know, they've had success picking high in the draft before Shaq Dwight Howard. So we'll see what Paolo does. Um, but yeah, Orlando, you're still probably at least three years away from really competing. Um, boys, Tyler trading anything on the magic you want to say before we move on? Um, I mean, just, just like, uh, another team that I'll talk about, I, I, I like these young teams that are, that are establishing a core. And I think that that's where the magic are. Are they going to get out of the basement? No, but it's, I think they'll find a step in the right direction. Okay. I like that. So moving on to the team that finished second to last, the Detroit Pistons, they are also struggling. Um, you know, they've had quite a big rebuild. Um, so they finished 23 and 59 last year. Um, out was Jeremy Grant, who's their best player. They traded him to Portland. In comes Jaden Ivey, the uh, fifth overall pick. Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Kemba Walker all come from the Knicks. Um, so Detroit is pretty much Canada. So trading. Uh, <laughs> yes, dude. I'm so glad you gave me this team. Um, <laughs> See, I, no, I'm serious. Was... I'm dead serious. Um, I, okay, I think the Detroit. Tell me what you think about Detroit. The Detroit Pistons, the Pistons are the third team in in the motor city that are revving their engines right now and they're 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 rebuilding they the detroit pistons have have the most cap space in the nba right now they are they are establishing a great young core that i think is gonna that i think is going to be very 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 fun to watch they're doing exactly what the detroit weddings are doing they're doing exactly what i'm seeing on hard knocks what the detroit lions are doing they're doing exactly what well what the Pistons are doing because they're actually doing it. Um, there, there's three teams. There's three teams in Detroit, and the Pistons are one of them that are just finding a way to truly do a rebuild. They, they have they have knocked it down to the studs. They 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 took out um, they took out um, Jeremy Grant, and I'm pretty sure by the end of the um, trade deadline they're going to get rid of all of their bets, and they are and they're going to have plenty of cap space to really develop their players from the draft. And we've seen it time and time again. The teams that really do that have longevity in terms of championships. I'm looking at you at Golden State. And they continue to, to find ways to, to be a, a, a force in the, in the NBA. They are years away, but this is a step in the right direction. I would not be shocked to see 27 wins, 27 to 30 wins from this team. They are going in the right direction. They are, they are hungry. They are going to get a lot of playing time. They're going to get a lot of experience. I'm loving where, where, where the Detroit Pistons are. No, they're not going to make the playoffs. That's fine. They don't need to. They need to just take a step in the right direction, build the core. They're doing it the right way. I fucking love it. I fucking love Detroit right now, except the Detroit Tigers. Fuck them. Yeah, I did like how you did not mention how they were doing it the right way. Uh, they re- their rebuild is struggling, the Tigers. But you are right about the Pistons. They had 1-1 last year, Cade Cunningham. Had a pretty good rookie season. You know, hopefully we'll expect another step up from him. Jaden Ivey looks like the like a dude dude. So, like, hopefully he can come in. You know, going into Detroit is not always easy. And, you know, Detroit, for periods of their time, has been a basketball town. In the 80s, when the Pistons were the big bad boys and they're beating up on Jordan in his early years, Detroit was a big, big basketball town. Then the Red Wings got really good. So then they became a hockey town. Then the Pistons went back to being really good and won that unlikely championship over the Lakers. And since then, it's been a whole lot of in Detroit other than their World Series fiascos. Um, 
I like the where the Pistons are going. I know I would say Nerlens Noel and Kemba are as good as gone by some point. Um, there's kind of no reason to keep them around, but yeah, they are going about it the right way. Um, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, that trade with Jeremy Grant will be beneficial for them and they'll continue moving. Um, James or Tyler, do you have anything on the Pistons? I do you guys think that Kemba Walker is going to play one second for this team? Or is it going to be one of those things that he's going to sit the bench until he gets traded or he gets bought out? I mean, I would not be shocked if he doesn't play a game. Only, yeah. be, I think you have a good point. I mean, why would you play him if, if you're if you're bought into the rebuild? If you're bought into these young kids and you need assets, you're going to hang on to make sure he stays as fucking healthy as possible. Yeah, it kind of feels like the John Wall rocket situation, but just in Detroit. I mean, since Kemba has left Charlotte uh, or Carolina or whatever, it is not really gone that great for him uh the boston thing was okay the Knicks thing was not good um so hopefully kemba can kind of re recapture some of that magic but um i don't know we'll see well uh, detroit is a very interesting team to watch um hopefully these young guys can just keep moving forward uh, moving on to the indiana pacers they are in the midwest tyler is a midwestern type of guy uh, and then he only eats brown food um indiana pacers as like a couple years ago had a real good shot they had a real you know they were they were working with their way you know through some things and then it all fell apart um they traded malcolm brogdon he's going to boston ricky rubio tj warren are also gone in comes benedict mathurin <laughs> pick one one six honestly i have no idea who that guy is i'm not <laughs> gonna lie to you and James's best friend, Daniel Thies, also comes from Boston in that fucking <laughs> trade. Uh, they were 25. Uh, they had 25 wins last year. It was not great. Uh, Ty Ty, as I just said, you're a big Indiana guy. Big Indiana guy. Uh, you're also a big Lakers fan. There's been rumors about a Pacers trade, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, kind of their two last vet guys, and take on Westbrook and some potentially likely first round picks from the Lakers. Are they going to go through that? Or if they're not, like what is their overall plan? Just kind of what do you think about the Pacers um, coming up in 2022-23? Yeah, I mean, I don't expect much from the Pacers at all. I think the few players that kind of seem to kind of go the right direction moving this team forward pretty much are all gone. Um, I don't really see the Pacers team being very good at all. I hope and pray to God that Russell Westbrook trade goes through. We need to get that dude out of LA. Anything's better than him. Um, I did see that when I was doing uh, some research on it. And I was like, oh, please, Lord, make this happen. Um, anything that will kind of get Westbrook out. Uh, that's, that, that experiment just didn't flat out, just did not work. And it, it needs to change quick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, but as, but as far as the Pacers go, um, I think they could be, you know, flirting with those other two teams we talked about with worst record in the Eastern Conference. I, I really don't have any expectations for this team uh, going in, into the season. Yeah, they seem to be kind of doing it the opposite way of what the Pistons are doing. So hopefully they can kind of follow in Detroit's footsteps and start going down that road again. Um, I mean, Indiana is the home of basketball. That's what that's what we know. Um, you know, the Paul George years were great. They had some good years, you know, with Sabonis. So hopefully you know, Pacers fans, it can, it will, it well, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better for being completely honest with you. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it's Indiana. So like not a lot of big free agents are going to want to sign there. Um, you know, you're not Miami, you're not LA, you're not New York or something. So 
Good luck, Indiana. Okay, bye. Uh, moving east, the Washington Wizards, Tyler's actual favorite team, um, after they surprised us all and made the playoffs with your best friend, Russell Westbrook, two years ago. They trade him away, and then they suck. So maybe Russell Westbrook's legit. Who knows? Um, they finished 35-47. and 47. Not great. Um, Bradley Beal decided to stay. He signed a big contract. Um, coming in, Will Barton from Denver, Todd Gibson from the Knicks, Monte Morris from Denver, Delonte Wright from Atlanta, and Johnny Davis um, out of Wisconsin with the 10th overall picked. Out is Thomas Bryant, who goes back to the Lakers, and KCP goes to the Nuggets. Tyler, as we just said, you're a big Wizards guy as of like two years ago. Um, you're also known to like multiple teams. So this makes sense. Can it, I think we also forget during the trade deadline last year, the Wizards traded for Kristaps Porzingis from the Mavs, which did not go well with him and Luca. So can a full season of Bradley Beal, our boy Kyle Kuzma, and Porzingis propel this team back into the playoffs, or is this going to be another failed experiment in Washington? I think it definitely can. Um, there's obviously a few players that were not, did not, you know, mesh well with some other teams. Um, obviously, Bradley Beal is, I think, one of the more underrated stars in the, in, the, in the game of basketball today. I think that dude's legit. Can Porzingis, you know, kind of have a career resurrection in, in watching We'll see if he can. That'd be great. I think the X Factor is going to be Kuzma. I think we all saw how great that dude can be in uh, when, 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 he was with, when he was with the Lakers, if that dude can take a step forward and be like a true dominant, like top three kind of player, which I think he definitely can be in Washington, there's no doubt in my mind that this is a playoff uh, basketball team. Um, so I, I, I think if those three can find the right chemistry and the, and, and the team can kind of build around that top three, like I said, I, I don't see, I don't doubt them at all as a, as a playoff team. Uh, James, before we started this, you said, I'm going to talk shit about whatever Tyler says. Did yeah, that Tyler say smart things or he dumb. No, I agree with him. Like, but that's man. Bradley Beal, some truth was said. Bradley Beal is a underrated superstar. People forget about him because he plays in Washington. But if he didn't play in Washington, like this, dude would be a big deal. He signed this massive two hundred thirty something dollar million dollar contract for a reason. Super, like he is very good at what he does. And the fact that he wants to stay in Washington is saying something. In a league where superstars bounce from left to right and team to team seemingly every single year and there's very little homegrown talent, you look at Bradley Beal and you're like, wow, there must be something going right in Washington for him to want to stay. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's complacent. He seems like he knows what he's doing. He's a great athlete, a great competitor. Something is going right in Washington. And then pulling the trigger and getting the unicorn in Porzingis was huge. Uh, him and uh, Luca, like you mentioned, didn't gel, but can he gel with Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal and Luca are very different players. Bradley Beal is an all-around player who makes passes. Luca will dribble in circles until he finds an open lane and shoot the ball. That's Luca to a T. And then Kuz, like you you guys had said, is an X factor. He can go off and give you forty points a night, or he can give you three and miss every single thing. But that's what an X factor does. There's a lot of room for, for volatility there. Uh, but for the most part, Kuz is getting better. Kuz is hitting. Beal's going to carry this team. I like this team as a play-in team. Nothing more than a play-in team. But as a play-in team, they look great. Yeah, um, I think you guys both said really good points. I mean, Bradley Beal, he's a superstar. Like, there's no doubt about it. That guy can absolutely get a bucket when he needs to. Um, I do think Beal and Porzingis should work better together than Luca and Porzingis did. 
I don't know. Maybe it's like they don't like to work with other Eastern Europeans. I don't know what's going on <laughs> with Dallas. Okay. Um, hopefully, you know, I think Washington will be able to take a step up. They got a lot of good guys, um, you know, a lot of depth pieces like Will Barton, Todd Gibson, Monte Morris. Like those are good role players to have when you have at least one superstar, one used to kind of be a superstar. We'll see what he is and a very good third option in Kuzma. You know, I think I, I agree with you, James. Um, you know, if this was like normal pre-playing basketball, um, you know, I could see them kind of being like a seven, eight seed. The playing tournament will still be happening for at least another year. Um, unless that's changed and I missed it, but, uh, we all know trading's thoughts on the play in playing tournament, but I do think Washington <laughs> is, is one of these teams in the bottom, in this bottom five of the East that has, you know, a very good shot of propelling themselves into that top 10. Um, the last team that we're going to talk about had one of the biggest and worst turnarounds from the season prior to this one. And that is James's New York Knickerbockers. They were a four seed last two years ago, if I'm remembering correctly, a four or five. They finished just a couple games above the Washington Wizards. Um, in big pickup from the Dallas Mavericks. They may or may not get in trouble for it with some tampering situations. We will talk about that when it comes to it. Jalen Brunson signed for a buttload of money. Um, leaving is a lot of guys we already talked about. Alec Burks, Taj Gibson, Nerlens Noel, and Kemba. Um there are little rumblings, rumors going along. I think I got one today about Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz. Obviously, they've already, Utah's already traded Rudy Gobert. Utah might be scrapping it and starting all over. Could be traded to the Knicks. Um, James, assuming that happens or assuming it doesn't happen, just, you know, where do you see the Knicks going? Kind of the outlook. Let's do like a half question with Donovan Mitchell, without Donovan Mitchell. Well, with the with Donovan Mitchell thing is hard because what are they going to be giving up? Yeah, are they going to be giving up one of their core players. Is Julius Randle gone? Is R.J. Barrett gone? Mitch Robinson. You're not going to trade D. Rose. You're not going to trade away Jalen Brunson. There's no those two are not. Yeah. Nobody Sign wants hundred million dollars and trade him immediately. Yeah, so there's oh, no way. Right. But it's it's like who are you losing in order to get Donovan Mitchell? If by chance you just trade away picks like a ton of picks for your next couple of years and you keep your core guys this team is going to be nasty like i the biggest thing their downfall last year was their guard play when injuries occurred d rose went down nobody else stepped up kemba walker was supposed to step up but kemba walker sucks ass we talked about that earlier um when d rose went down the office went to shit now you have a guard in donovan mitchell who is a damn good guard where is he going to fit into this system? Having him run a system and facilitate the ball past the Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, you're looking at a very nasty team offensively who has a defensive core that is top five. That's what you're looking at with Donovan Mitchell, if you can keep your core guys there. If you don't get Donovan Mitchell and you keep the core guys you have now, um, it really just depends on health. It's what happens when the guard play goes down, like I had mentioned before. Because whenever the guard went, guards went down, Julius Randle took the ball up the floor and that disrupted the flow of offense immensely. Julius Randle's offensive efficiency went, went down from his most improved player of the year two years back because he had to carry the ball at all times. When you have a good guard, you have Jalen Brunson, who is, in my opinion, overrated. You're not going to pay this little midget this much money. Like I, This is weird to me. Why would you want him so bad? I don't get it at all. Uh, but they signed for him. Is he going to be the guy? I hope so for that amount of money. He's going to bring the ball up. They're going to be okay with this squad right now. 
playing like a play in lock, in my opinion. I was talking about the Wizards being a play in maybe. Uh, New York Knicks are a play in lock, in my opinion. That that's where I see this is going right now. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, you know, to get Donovan Mitchell, they could package a deal around like Cam Robinson, Obi Toppin. You know, those are still young guys that maybe Utah would want. If you're the Knicks, you know, like you're a premier franchise, Donovan Mitchell is a monster. I, I feel like you kind of have to do it, especially after you've been so bad for so long. You kind of just teased Knicks fans with one good year, and then it all kind of fell apart on you a little bit. Um, yeah, the defense is still legit. Uh, there's been rumblings, too. If Donovan Mitchell gets traded, then Julius Randle could potentially get flipped somewhere else. So, you know, we've still got two months. This next team could tr- – change quite a bit in that amount of time um tyler any thoughts on the knicks trade specifically said don't talk to him about the knicks so i'm not even gonna ask <laughs> yeah the potential of uh mitchell coming to the knicks is huge i i, I agree with you Alex. i think i think they don't i mean they don't have to do anything but i think i think with the, with how poor the knicks have been i think that fan base is starving for something like that um, I feel like they're probably going to get it done. I, I, I think they're motivated to do it. I think they have the pieces to make it happen. And as James mentioned, I think you, you add missile to that lineup. I mean, that's a very good lineup that's going to compete for, for an Eastern conference uh, uh, championship. So uh, I don't see the reason why they, they shouldn't pull, pull the trigger on that. Uh, hopefully make it happen in a deal that makes sense. But um, even without Mitchell, I think, you know, the team is kind of a weird year last year. I do think that they are a, a playoff team re- regardless, but you go from a playoff team to a contender like that. So I think you, I, I think they definitely got to add a uh, Mitchell White or Donovan Mitchell. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell White is a, now a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. So like not yeah, even close. Um, that's okay. Um, yeah. So to, to kind of reference what I mentioned about the tampering thing. So it's both the Knicks and the Sixers the NBA has this kind of like grace period where you're not supposed to meet with free agents, but then immediately when it opens, everybody starts signing anyway. So none of that makes sense, but the NBA is investigating both those teams. So um, if anything ever comes to that, which I kind of feel like it won't, we'll potentially talk about it. Um, We did talk about this a couple weeks ago too. the KD Kyrie situation has nothing's changed. They're both still a member of the Nets. KD's going all who fucking knows what he's doing. There's rumors he might retire. There's rumors he's trying to get Steve Nash kicked out. If and when something happens with that, we will obviously cover that as well. Um, quick question for you boys. Do you now want to go next week through teams, the next five teams in the East, or do you want to start with the shit teams in the West? Shit teams in the West. Shit team in the West. All right, we're going poopy poopy back back weeks. Trade, that's all I got for the NBA. All right. Thank you very much, Alex. Um that, that was fun. Um, I, I really I got I really got jacked up to talk about uh Detroit. Um <laughs> look, look, to me, Detroit's kind of been the um the Detroit, the city has been kind of the brunt of many jokes in the United States for the past so many years. And it seems like a lot, and you know, while while sports is not is not life fully when you see three teams that are finding ways to re- re- get reborn from the ashes across, you know, in all, in all of those, uh, you know, major sports, it, it, it's a sign that maybe the city is fine. Is, it can have something to rally behind. And that, that means a lot to me. I, I think Detroit's one of the most, you know, one of the most, you know, historic cities in our, in our nation. It's a very important city to this, to this country, or at least it, you know, it really was back in the day. Um, so it's great to see that that's, that's, that city is, um, is finding some, uh, 
finding something to rally behind and on all of those four sports, except the tigers. Fuck you tigers. Um, that's going to wrap up one eleven for us guys. Um, we really, we really appreciate you sticking with us. Um, we are now talking about basketball. So, um, if you're, if you're a basketball junkie, I hope you're, I hope you're really enjoying it. Um, thank you. I can't wait to talk, talk about more shit uh, next week, Alex. That'll be fun. Um, James, you have just three more weeks left until you, until kickoff. Um, and Tyler, you have a month and a half of your, of your sport. Um, me, I, guys, I, I think I'm just going to be hosting for a little while. Um, these guys need to, these guys need to, uh, get, get their seasons kind of, uh, either started or wrapped up and, um, mine doesn't start for another two months. So that's fine. Um, for now, we love you guys and we can't wait to we can't wait to bring another great um season uh, episode next week until then enjoy the sports